friends. Welcome back. We've had an amazing response to our last couple episodes. We're so grateful. Thanks for tuning in. This week, we're trying our hand at movie reviewing. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, kind of around some heavy topics, but we're hopeful that this will be bringing hope. Our our mission is to empower grievers to overcome what, no matter what you're grieving. So Roddy, roll that intro. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Langford Life Podcast. I'm Rodney. And I'm Alita. And this is a podcast about meeting obstacles in life, overcoming, and some other crazy stuff happening <laughs> going on. <laughs> Just crazy stuff. We're two people who are basically uh, inviting you along on a journey of a really unique situation, both um, finding love after loss and merging seven kiddos together. Uh, we're just wanting to kind of answer everyone's questions about how in the world do you manage all this chaos and crazy um, kind of midlife when you least expect it. So this is all going to be a little bit about our journey, our story, and a lot of freaking hilarious stories. Yep. It's not perfect, but it's the length of life. That's the way we go, yo. That's it. Welcome into the Langford Life Podcast. What up, I'm, what up? Awesome. I'm Rodney. And I'm Alita. And we are professionals. Right? And I just sound real, I'm Alita. You're Alita. <laughs> All right. Well, this week's episode, this is take two. Yeah. Because we inadvertently deleted an entire <laughs> podcast episode, and it was probably the best one we've ever done, right? It was hilarious. Probably the best one we've ever done. But yeah. anyways, we Life are- Life happens. We learned. Yep. That's right. We are, we are learning. But uh, we- Hope everyone's having a great week. We have been flooded with comments and messages and pictures of people's lists. It's just been amazing, the response for our, our last episode, and just really gave us some motivation to make sure we're, we're putting this out and just exposing, not, I don't know, exposing is not the right word. That sounds wrong. Just uh, sharing. That's right. Just sharing <laughs> and uh, hopefully offering a venue for people to... Um, well, we're exposing we're the, light on yeah. a hard situation. Light in a hard situation. Yeah. You say things so well. Yeah. <laughs> so well. I like what you're saying, Benny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this week, we're doing something a little different. And I don't know what you're saying. What are you, what are you doing? All right. I was just talking about my tan. Oh, your tan. Oh, you mean your brown sugar kiss skin? I woke up this morning. He called me Brown Sugar. I was cracking up. Well, I, I, that was gonna be my new nickname. Brown Sugar. Mm-hmm. She she leaves to go pick up the kids, one color, and she <laughs> comes back another color. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> I dig it. It's awesome. You're also <laughs> that's awesome. Also, you are a um, a potion master. <laughs> oh oh my oh um what? Don't say yourself short. So this week I. Had a little uh, run in with a cold or something that was mm. pretty pretty rough. It uh, sinuses, drainage, sore throat, all okay, this stuff. Okay. It was just uh, terrible. And so Alita goes to the kitchen and comes back with a little uh, cup of magic and <laughs> says, "Drink this." And it was actually really good, but it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And you want to share that, that cold out? Share yep. that home remedy with everyone. Yeah, so it's organic chicken broth, chicken stock. Does it have to be organic? Can it just be regular chicken broth? It should be organic. Why? Because all the hormones and stuff like that from uh, no boiling hormones. the bones okay. is what it is. So okay. I prefer organic. All right, so organic then, chicken broth. 
the like a hot sauce, a really good clean hot sauce, and then chopped garlic, and you put it all into a pot, and you just let it simmer, not too long. I feel like that's when the magic kicks in. Not too long, but long enough um, for it to get hot, and the garlic kind of seeps out, and then I made him eat all the garlic too. Like hot sauce, like like Louisiana hot sauce or mm-hmm. Texas Pete, something like that. What what kind of hot sauce are you talking about? But I don't know what kind we have in the fridge. Whatever Just like kind. regular hot sauce? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, like you can even use Tabasco. Yeah, even Tabasco. Mm-hmm. So organic chicken broth, Tabasco, or a hot sauce and of garlic. similar ilk and fresh garlic. Four cloves of garlic. And then heat it to up. To one cup of To where it broth. almost simmers or it almost boils. No, to where it simmers. To where it simmers. What, are, what are you, are we hosting just, a cooking show? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we get this. It was a great, great thing. It, yeah, you, ha- you had it twice and it literally, it was gone the, after yeah. the first time. Yeah, in about six hours it was gone. Yeah. It was amazing. So, anyways, thank you for that. You're so welcome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, should we start? Yeah. Okay. All right, everybody, so... Um, we got a lot of response from our podcast where we did our impromptu movie review of um, A Good Day in the Neighborhood, the Tom Hanks, yeah. Mr. Rogers movie. And so um, that, with a couple of other things, kind of spurred Alita and I on to have um, sort of like a pseudo movie review mm-hmm. in our podcast. Mm-hmm. And not so much that we're going to review the movies, it's the more of the, the little triggers that happen. What The messages from the, the movies. The messages from the movies. And... Um, we don't watch a ton of TV, but we do enjoy going to the theater and, mm. or the cinema and watching a movie from <laughs> time the to time. Cinema. Yes. yes, but uh, one of the things I found after uh, my late wife passed away was as I'd go to the movies, it was like Hollywood just purposely liked killing moms. Mm. Like everything I watched mm. had a dead wife or a dead mom in it. Yeah, that's like for me too. Yeah, you had the same experience. Dead husband or dead dad. Yeah, and and it was just like buying that new car. You've ne- you you think it's unique to you, but then you mm-hmm. see them all over the road. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, media entertainment is littered with these type of heartstring pullers of mm-hmm. you know losing a parent, losing a spouse, losing a mother, losing a father. It's a child. Ev- mm-hmm. a child. It's everywhere. Literally, mm-hmm. almost in everything you watch. And um, so, mm-hmm. we got this idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we were just thinking because there was we watched a movie this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. And, and you know, when you think it's not that, <laughs> all of a sudden it is that, and it yeah. becomes that. Um, and just kind of talking about how how it makes us look to um, the the triggers are a good thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes they create good conversation. Yeah, they are. And we we actually loaded up the gang and went to our our local theater that we love uh, for their Tuesday night specials and their free popcorn, which if you follow Alita on Facebook, you probably saw me with an armful of popcorn. But um, we went in to have a nice family time and we picked a movie that we all want to see, the new Jumanji movie. And uh, we go in and you never know when these things are going to pop up and you're going to have to have a conversation. When we have seven kids who all lost a parent at some point and they're in this new blended family. But uh, we're sitting there, everybody's got their popcorn in their laps, ready to go, and the new Pixar movie advertises, and oh, everybody gosh. gets excited, excited for a Pixar movie. But this one is centered around... The dad coming back to life. The dad coming back day. to life for a day. <laughs> Except for only half of him appears back. Yeah. And so we... we <laughs> Lena and I, we kind of, we're a little bit, you said last night on our first take of this podcast, 
um, before we accidentally deleted it, that you and I, we've kind of become desensitized to this just a bit yeah. because it's everywhere. Yeah, I would say even more than a bit. I mean, yeah. it's become kind of like a, a, a commonplace thing. And, and maybe you're listening to this and thinking, man, that happens to me too. Like, but you just spilled my coffee on me. I'm sorry. Don't drink in <laughs> <But> podcast. We're, <laughs> we're, you know, like life just kind of when something hard is happening for you, you start to see it everywhere and it's in movies and it just triggers that in you. And, and I feel like it's there for a reason, you know, to help, help, help the conversations start to happen. And I'm not saying I enjoy it, but you know, that it's there. And I think, um, you know, we kind of talked about the Mary Poppins movie last Uh night. Yeah. That my first experience with that was, um, the first Christmas, of course the first year is always the toughest. Yes. Um, and so everything's new. It's the first time for everything. So as we came into our first Christmas, I had the idea that we would, instead of doing all the normal stuff on Christmas Eve, we'd go see, catch a movie. Mm. And so I wanted to take the kids to go see the Mary Poppins movie. Totally safe choice. Totally safe choice yeah. until you until read the synopsis. Not. And it's <laughs> literally about Mary Poppins coming in and helping the family once the wife suddenly dies. Mm. And so that we had to scratch that. We saw Transformers again. So And that was safe. Transformers was good. Yeah. Um, even though the, the girl did have a dad. Okay. You, know, you just can't get away from it. It's just it's there. Hollywood loves it. Hollywood loves it. And you said you had an experience like that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've had a ton of them. Um, well, actually, I took the kids to Transformers, my sister and brother-in-law. And we went and we had all the kids. And we were watching Transformers. And the dad dies of yeah. a heart attack. Yeah. And it's her kind of struggling with her grief and stuff kind of throughout the movie. And I'm thinking, this is Transformers. This is crazy. Um, But I have learned to just change my mindset about it and realize that this isn't something, you know, to kind of avoid or ignore, but something to shed some light on. Yeah. And that's okay. So as you and I were sitting there um, watching the the Pixar trailer, Mm -hmm. we kind of both looked at each other and then we looked down the aisle to see how... The kids were responding. The brood was Mm -hmm. handling it and they were just munching popcorn and just moving right along. So even the kids, you know, it's just, they see it so much. It's one of those things... Uh, and I think that's just part of our coping mechanisms and things we develop. Mm-hmm. But, all right, moving along. So our pseudo uh, movie review, uh, we watched a movie called Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, it's a really, really good movie. Mm-hmm. We watched it with the kids, uh, or a portion of the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's PG-13. It's got a little bit of swearing or cussing, as I say. And uh, it's a good movie. Uh, got great, great actors movie. in it. Yeah, great actors. Uh, Matt Damon's in it, uh, Christian Bale, and it's about the um, kind of the the one-upsmanship between the Ford Motor Company and uh, for Ferrari out of Italy. Uh, it's really good, just kind of edge of your seat, pumping your fist, pro-American, you know, <laughs> you know, overcoming obstacles, you mm-hmm. know, uh, defying all the odds kind of thing. And we just love the movie. It was great. Mm-hmm. And through the movie, there's a theme of Christian Bale's character, who he plays a, a, a racer called Ken Miles, who uh, was apparently one of the best that ever lived. I didn't know about him, but <laughs> I didn't know him. He's really good, um, unsung hero. But there's a thread of him and his son and how mm-hmm. close their bond, their relationship is, and even him and his wife, mm-hmm. and just how he makes some pretty tough decisions for her um, because she's more important to him than the thing that he's most passionate about, mm-hmm. the racing. And so we're watching this movie, and it's a great movie. Spoiler alert ahead. Mm-hmm. So Ford beats Ferrari. Mm-hmm. 
And then kind of the epilogue of the movie, Ken Miles dies. He gets in a car wreck and basically crashes and explodes oh, right in front of his son. Do you have to be so manly descriptive That's what that? happens. I know, but for real. Explodes. Okay, let's put it a little. How would you say it? And then all of a sudden, the car crashed. And he died. In a fiery, fiery <laughs> crash. In the most horrific way. Okay, stop. All right. So anyway, he dies. We didn't see it coming at <laughs> Not all. Not at all. Not at all in this blindsided movie. Blindsided shock. Totally blindsided. shock. And we have our... Our seven, seven-year-old daughter, mm-hmm. our five-year-old, mm-hmm. um, and then our eight-year-old yeah. on the edge of the bed, <laughs> and they all look at us like, what just happened? <laughs> and so we have to have a little talk about death right there on the edge of the bed. Wasn't prepared for it. Uh, but they're well aware of it. They're like, but, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it didn't take much, but anyway, we just kind of got blindsided a little bit, but mm-hmm. what... What really spurred us on to, and the topic we want to talk about was what happened next. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Damon's character, um, Carol Shelby, uh, six months later, really close friends with Ken Miles, who dies, pulls up outside of the home of the widow and the son. Mm-hmm. And what really struck a chord with you and I is he wants to go in and pay his condolences and talk to her, mm-hmm. um, but he just can't cross that emotional bridge and she even sees him from the front porch and they wave but he just he just can't move much farther mm-hmm. it's just so uncomfortable for him and it hurts so deep he gets back in his car and leaves mm-hmm. and you and I were talking about our different experiences mm-hmm. um, because we had different approach approaches you know mm-hmm. towards how we grieved and we thought that discussing it because there's no right or wrong way no. everybody has to find their own way through it Mm-hmm. Um, for you, talk about a little bit of how you how you handled your grief. Well, those kind few of in, months. in in thinking about you know when I saw her sitting on the porch, and how he didn't go up, I told I reached out to Roddy and I told him I was like I hate that, you know because it for me my experience was and I, maybe because I'm a woman and have a lot of women friends that are amazing. Um, I felt very surrounded and loved and. Um, appreciated and, and all the things. And so I think, um, but there was always the people um, who it's just really awkward. And, and I've been on the flip side of that before I had lost anybody or gone through anything where I would kind of be like, what do I say? Because there's nothing to say. And you always hear that there's nothing word. There's no words, you know, all of those things. But um, you know, it, it kind of feels like this elephant in the room that no one really wants to say anything and it just becomes really awkward. And I think that was harder for me than anything else. It's like, I see you standing on the street, you're waving at me and now you're feeling sorry for me, but you won't come talk to me. <laughs> and it does feel awkward. Um, but at the same time, I appreciate that it takes a lot of bravery and courage to feel comfortable with knowing what to say. And I think for, for me personally, um, it was always welcomed. I always wanted someone to just come up and be like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm so sorry for your, for what's happened. And, you know, and then maybe just share a memory with me or something to say, like, I'm, you know, and, and even say, you know, it's, it's helped me to be more grateful for what I have. I think it's when, when we sort of ignore the whole situation, because for me, if I didn't want to be around people, I would just stay in my house. Mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean? Like I wasn't going to go out there and look for, for people to talk to me. Um, but I remember just feeling really kind of numb to the world and thinking nobody really knows what I'm going through and the world is just turning around me. And, um, I think for me, the hardest part was because I'm already slightly awkward anyway. <laughs> and so like those awkward conversations when the people come up to me at the grocery store and they'd be like, oh, Alita. And they just look at me with this like a head tilt and they just stare at you. like They're like, hi. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> I don't know what to say back like. Like, I, I, I almost want to dress it like, yeah, my husband my husband died, but, you know, we're going to be okay. Like, I felt like I ended up comforting people yeah. more you, yeah. more than the opposite. So it was kind of just interesting. But um, I, I just feel like, you know, giving people, trusting that that person will set the boundaries. Mm-hmm. But don't be, try, try just to remember that everybody experiences death. Everybody's going to experience death and there is traumatic deaths, uh, but to just be really brave about it and to just say, you know, oh my goodness, this is, you know, yeah, I'm aware that this has happened to you and, and I'm here on your side. So whatever you need, you know, that was always sweet to hear, you know, mm-hmm. um, I always also loved people that would just do, yeah, you know, that didn't ask you a hundred questions. It was just like, what can I do for you? Yeah. yeah. You know, cause you kind of. It's kind of weird. Being widowed young kind of makes you feel like you become famous in, in your town. Like you become like this, like you're in a fishbowl. Everybody wants to know. Everybody hears about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big deal. Um, and you kind of start living in this little fishbowl. And um, it's, you know, they're just watching you and the kids and the decisions you're making. And it's just, don't, did you not find that? Oh, my gosh. Um yeah, and and I was a little bit on the different end of the spectrum from you. I I had a small group of folks who pulled me through. I mm-hmm. mean, that really took care of me. I didn't really want to be out. Um, I kind of did my grieving alone. Mm-hmm. And what I would find, and part of that was, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody. Whenever I would have friends in the past uh, lose parents, uh, things like that, is walk up to them and just be that awkward. You know, are you okay? How's things going? Mm-hmm. You know, which is such a, uh, it's it's a well-meant question. Yeah. But it's one of the hardest questions to get asked when you're in that situation because, mm-hmm. you know, there's no response to it. It's like you can't say, oh, I'm fine, mm-hmm. doing great. And you can't just unload on the person emotionally. You know, because a lot of times it's folks that just maybe have a satellite relationship with you. They just kind of mm-hmm. know of you, know about you, kind of knew your family, whatever. And they just, they're just wanting to express their condolences. Mm-hmm. And, but it can put the, the widower mm-hmm. uh, in a really uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. And when I watched that scene in the movie, uh, honestly, you had the, you had the, I hate that. And I was kind of like, good move. <laughs> Good, and maybe good that's move, difference Matt between like a, a man and a woman. I yeah. don't know. But like I also think like, you know, it just proves that you never know what somebody's going through. Like when you're at the grocery store, I remember the first time I went into the grocery store afterwards and I literally said to, to my friend, I said, you know, I said that um, I'm going to walk into this grocery store and nobody knows that my husband's just died. Yep. 
and people treat you like normal, like, hey girl, how's your day going? And they're just swiping your groceries through, whatever. And you're just like literally thinking, I don't even know if I'm going to survive. Yep. Um, and it just kind of reminds you that, you know, just death isn't the only way to lose, right? There's so many different ways that we're grieving loss, trauma, um, tragedy, all of those things. And to just always kind of have your eyes open and your heart open to people and just knowing that, you know, you just never truly never know the struggle that someone's going through right next to you. And, um, I think it's just like a realization every time that it, it could, that it always, that kind of reminded me back to that place where I feel like it made me more sensitive again, that, um, you know, that there's people out there that are really kind of just holding it together on the surface yeah. and that are really struggling deep down. And, you know, I'm a huge pro counselor person as Ronnie knows. Yes. I love it. I've learned so much through coaching, uh, life coaching and counseling and, um, and really just being brave and vulnerable enough to share my feelings and talk about them. And, uh, that really, really, really helped me. And one thing, my mom, my mom was widowed as well when I was about 18 months and she passed away five months after my, my late husband did. And um, one of the things that she told me, she said, you know, I'm right away. She said, you take, you take the help and you ask for help when you need it. She said, that's one thing I wish I would have done is she said, I kind of hid away and, um, she wished that she would have accepted more help. And, um, and by the end, you know, right before she passed away, it was like, I'm so proud of you for, for accepting all the help. And, and I really did. I just kind of, I went wide open was like, well, you know, everybody knows, and this is, you know, this is hard and I had four small kids. And so I did, I did take the help and I really feel like that helped along in the process and, and that everyone's process is different. Um, through any kind of grief and any kind of loss, but don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, don't be afraid to reach out for, to to the people that love and and care about you Mm -hmm. or, or even professional help through counseling. I think it's really worth, worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. No, there's no official handbook on how to grieve. Yeah. There's just not, no, there's no right or wrong way. It's just, Mm -hmm. you need to do it. Uh, it's a good, healthy process. Uh, I know just talking about the, it, it, Going through this, there there is good that comes from everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, for me, I know I just was kind of oblivious for most of my life. I just assumed everybody was great, uh, everybody's doing good, and I was doing me. And you know, having gone through what you know I've gone through, it makes me kind of walk slowly through a crowd a little bit and know that there's people out there that are hurting. And and like you said, there's lots of different waves uh, that people are hurting, mm-hmm. uh, not just because their spouse died yeah. or, you know, the lots of different ways. And I love um, that you touched on that. Sorry to cut you off. No, um, right. I love that you touched on that, you know, good comes from it. And that's something we, we always kind of speak over ourselves is it's Romans eight twenty eight. Romans 8, 28. But we also just say it a lot is that everything works for our good. And I can, I can say this for sure. We can take these opportunities and we can just let them happen to us. Uh, we can take these tragedies and hard things that life throws at us. Um, and we can just sort of lay down and take it and beat ourselves up for it. Or we can take it and say, this has come to teach me something. This has come to show me a new path, a new way. Um, and because either way it's going to happen to you. And I feel like for me, I really clung to personal growth and to growing through it. That's what I really just kind of dove head straight into. 
And I can look back on the last three and a half years and say, I have come out stronger. I have come out wiser. I've come out with a confidence that I didn't even know existed. There was like this fierce Alita that came out and was, and was just ready to not only survive the grief, but thrive in it somehow, somehow to learn and grow and, and to just become a better mom and a better, a better wife for, for you that was coming for me and to just really focus on, on those things and to not, um, it was a constant, uh, challenge, but I remember just always telling myself, you know, do not wish this time away as hard as it is, you know, work on bettering yourself because, um, this is a season where you have that opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good things come from everything. If that's the attitude you take in with it. And, you know, um, just getting back, just kind of close the close the the conversation here. Um, You're so professional. <laughs> um, I think what are our ta- what are our takeaways that we gain from watching Ford versus Ferrari and seeing this this situation with the widow, the the friend who wanted to speak to the widow mm-hmm. is like there's right, no right or wrong way to grieve. Mm-hmm. You got to find your own path on that, and then when you when you encounter. You have people close to you that that do lose tragically like that, or uh, have a have a close personal uh, loss. Maybe approaching it with a little more um, compassion, you know, uh, mm-hmm. understanding that they're going through a lot, mm-hmm. and maybe open ended questions aren't the best. Right. You just know, like hey, thinking of you. Yeah, just thinking have of have it, a, you know. Have a you know. Yeah, I know. For me personally, text messages, yeah. voicemails, yeah. emails were. Huge. Yeah, and you um, could go back to them. I could go them. back to yeah. them. I could, you know, it was, you know, people giving. Mm-hmm. I was so emotionally drained. You know, they were. It was giving me something, mm-hmm. uh, because like you, you would run into the, the the person who really just was hurting for you, and I would end up ministering to them almost. Yeah, you know, and they don't realize that that, that kind of drains. But mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a crazy thing. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. It's a process. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I think yeah. that's that's going to... So, and we've kind of um, just, we'll wrap it up with this, but I feel like, you know, our podcast is, we've really gotten some clarity around it this week, just through messages from people. And, you know, we realize that this is heavy topics and this is heavy stuff that, that we're, that we're talking about, but, and it, this will evolve. Um, but just hearing from you guys that this is really um, just making you feel not alone, that you're allowed to feel alone. You're allowed to feel scared. You're allowed to feel heavy. You're allowed to feel those things. And just that this would be a place where, I mean, we're literally just sitting on our, our little love seat couch in our bedroom and we just want to invite you in and um, build a community, you know, build a community where you feel supported and you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, because I always felt like, oh my goodness, this is just going to last forever. And yeah. it doesn't, you know? Um, and so, so you know. we got, keep sending in <laughs> comments, questions, uh, feedback, uh, the, seeing the, the list that everybody made for their, you know, their future spouse that they wanted. That was just so powerful. And, and talking about building that community, you know, there's, we're, we're developing all the ways to get a hold of us. Uh, we're in the process of, Launching our website, mm-hmm. which will be a great portal for pretty much everything. Yeah. That's coming soon. soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, 
we have a, a our email is langfordloftpodcast at gmail.com, mm-hmm. which would be a great outlet to, to send questions, comments. Then on Facebook, we have a Langford Life podcast page that you can join, become a, literally become a part of the community. I think we have around 50, 50 or so right now. I don't know. Um, and then also on YouTube, uh, from time to time, and there'll be more coming soon here, on uh, Lena Langford's channel, you can see our story, mm-hmm. um, some different things that Lena's put up over the years. And then as far as the podcast, you can find us uh, obviously on the Obviously, on the, uh, I'm getting coached as I speak. Uh, obviously, the platform you're listening on now, but we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, pod, the podcast app, and Google Apps. And then lastly, if you haven't checked it out before, I highly recommend, she won't say it herself, but on <laughs> Sunday nights, typically sometime between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m., somewhere in that range, somewhere along that line is um, you do your Sunday night singings. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. I get a front row seat every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a time that Alita just basically shares her talent. It's awesome. <laughs> Does that embarrass you when I say that? I don't know. Well, you don't know. No. <laughs> but it's amazing. But <laughs> we just thank everyone for uh, tuning in. Mm-hmm. Um, next week's going to be a little different tone. Alita becomes a U.S. citizen. Boom, boom. So she's going to sing and the Star Spangled Banner. But I'm becoming an American. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. But uh, it's going to be a different tone next week. Um, uh, won't always be so heavy every week. But we really are enjoying doing these and, and sharing them. And uh, can't wait to do another one. So, Alita, take us home. Awesome. Thanks for hopping on. You're such a great thinker. Microphone test, take one. My name's Alita. My name's Rodney. And I'm a superstar. And I'm also a superstar.